shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect. Now the, the question, uh, the answer is assumed here that certainly a person's unbelief does not change the Word of God. Aren't you glad for that? You know, because uh, we'd really be in a mess uh, in this day, especially in which we live. Well, there are some things that don't change. People's unbelief does not change the personality of God. Uh, you know, people say, well, I, I don't believe in God. Well, that don't change the fact there is a God, <laughs> whether people believe in Him or not. Man's infidelity does not get rid of God. And I thank the Lord for that. Uh, of course, just believing in God only is, is nothing more than doing what the devil does, according to James. Says, Thy believest there is one God, thy doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. Uh, but uh, believe in, believe in, trust in Him for salvation brings salvation. In Malachi 3 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. Now we, we have to change because uh, sometimes we're wrong. Of course, some people don't think they're ever wrong. But the fact is, we're all a bunch of sinners and we're going to mess up. <laughs> And we're going to be wrong, and uh, when we realize we're wrong, we ought to say, I was wrong, and be willing to change. But God's never wrong. God doesn't have to change. And that's why we don't need to rewrite the Bible and all these things, because God doesn't make any mistakes. Uh, he changes not. He said, I am the Lord. I am Jehovah. If I have Lord, they're all in capital letters, the personal name of God. I am Jehovah. I change not. In Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I was, I was watching some news a week or so, maybe it was this week or week before last, and they were talking about the changes, you know, in churches, that, that the modern church was having to change, you know, to keep up with the, with the trend. But God doesn't change. We may change, but the Lord doesn't change. He's the same yesterday and today and forever, Psalm 90, verse 2, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. God is eternal. No beginning, the Hebrews said, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. Well, I can't comprehend that. You know, you think, well, there must have been a beginning somewhere. Uh, but God is eternal. God is everlasting uh, in, the, in the past and in the future, from everlasting to everlasting. Uh, before there was an earth, before there was a moon, the stars, the planets, before there was anything, there was God. God was sufficient within himself. So man's unbelief does not affect God. God, uh, I think it, it, it uh, uh, grieves the Lord uh, when people uh, are intent on being lost and going to hell, but it doesn't change God. God doesn't have to change. It doesn't change the personality of God. Second of all, it does not change the precious word of God. Uh, you know, in my lifetime, I've seen, I've seen all these versions uh, come about. Uh, of course, the first one, I guess, was the Revised Standard Version or the American Standard Version 1. I can't remember which one was first, but one of them. And then since then, uh, it's, the market has been flooded with all these different Bibles. Now, uh, God's Word doesn't need to be changed. In Psalm 119.89, Forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. Well, it may not be settled in our colleges or seminaries in most churches, but it's settled in, the, in heaven. Uh, God gave his word, and, and uh, it does not need to be changed. People say, well, I don't believe it. person will believe it or be lost. Amen. That's the choices. In Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. 
In the book of Psalm, chapter 12, uh, I'll turn there and read a couple of verses. In Psalm 12, that's page 604, verse number 6, the words of the Lord, not the thoughts, not the subject, not the idea, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thy shalt keep them, O Lord. Thy shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Well, that was written a long time ago. And uh, God's, uh, the, you know, the testimony of the psalmist said that God would keep his word forever. Now, either we have the word of God or we don't have the word of God. I believe we have it. I believe God has preserved it for, for this generation. I believe when I read, read this Bible that I'm reading the word of God. You know, sometimes you turn on the TV and you wonder what they're reading from. Uh, it's hard to follow them. Uh, but uh, we have a Bible that we can believe in and trust and man's unbelief. What if some did not believe, he says? Does that change it? Does not change it at all. Doesn't change God. Doesn't change his word. Then not only that, it does not change the plan of salvation. God only has one way to get saved. You know, there's strange doctrine that's been introduced in, in, in the last few years that, uh, that, uh, that God's had different ways of getting saved, that man can work his way to heaven. Well, there's, there's preachers that believe that, you know, and they preach that from their pulpits, that you can earn your way to heaven. I'm like my preacher friend that's been in heaven now a long time. He, I always remember what he said. He said, if, if I'd have had to buy it, I could only got a dollar's worth. <laughs> That's all I had in my, in, my, in, you know, in my pocket at that time was one dollar bill. But he said, I'm glad it's free. It does not change the plan of salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If we could earn it, we'd be out bragging about it. Well, I think I did more than you did. Uh, and heaven, people be up in heaven saying, saying I, you know, I, I'm here because of what I did, what I, uh, did while I, when I was upon earth. But it's by grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You know, the new birth makes a new life possible. I believe when you get saved, it'll change your life. Uh, but I don't believe changing your life will get, will get you to heaven. I think you have to be born again, as Jesus told Nicodemus. Well, that's the way Abraham got saved. The Bible, uh, the Bible in the book of Romans chapter 4, in fact, if you'll just turn the page there, he, he deals with this and he says in verse 1 of Romans 4, What shall we say then that Abraham our fathers pertaineth to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So he says, of course you say, well, James says Abraham is justified by works. He's justified, if you stay James, it says you see then. You see then. What do you see? Uh, you cannot see my faith, but you can see the works that my faith produces. And, and uh, uh, before man, I, I'm justified by, by works. Before God, I'm justified by faith. And notice he said there, if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. He can't glory before God of his works. He can glory maybe before men, but not before God. 
Well, in verse 5, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Uh, so uh, the only way a person can get saved is to quit working. As long as a person tries to work their way to heaven, they can't even get saved. They have to come to that place, realize that their own efforts can't get them to heaven, and then by faith they trust Christ. Even as David also describeth, the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Now here you have, you have an example from, of Abraham before the law was justified by faith. You have an example after the law. People say, well, the law wasn't given. The law was given by Moses. You have David who lived under the law justified by faith. So they, how did they get saved? They got saved just exactly the way we got, got saved. They got saved by faith in the promised Redeemer that would come, Jesus Christ. And, and we get saved by looking back to what Jesus did on that cross. That's, that's where it was all centered. And God, that's the lesson God was teaching them in the Old Testament Scriptures when they brought the animal sacrifices. Uh, they were a type and a picture and they painted a portrait of Christ. Uh, and I've used this illustration. I have a picture of my wife in my, in my wallet. And, and I, I may say, this is my wife. It's really not my wife. It's just a picture. <laughs> and that's what, that's what we have in the Old Testament, in those, in those uh, portraits of Christ. Uh, he said it's in Hebrews, it's not possible the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. You know, you, the, the blood of an animal can't forgive sin. But it painted a picture of the blood of Christ, see, that would forgive sin. And that's where the price was paid. Well, Paul, or every other Christian along the way, has been saved through the sacrifice of Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews 9:22, without the shedding of blood is no remission. Romans 10, that if I shall confess of thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. How do you get righteousness? By believing. Now that, that uh, uh, you know, is something that's hard for the human mind to, to, to accept. But it's a wonderful, blessed truth that I ought to go to hell tonight, but I get to go to heaven because of what Jesus did for me. Now, his death on the cross and his resurrection. We have a wonderful Savior. It does not change the plan of salvation, man's unbelief. It does not change the program of God. You know, God has a plan. And that encourages me. That's the reason I can go home tonight and go to sleep. We live in a very troubled world. We think of the situation in Iraq. And, uh, you know, who knows what that crazy fellow might do. Uh, they say he has all these chemical and biological weapons and and, uh, and so forth, and, uh, and then we think of North Korea. I think that fellow's about as crazy or maybe crazier. And we wonder what he may do, and they, they say they do, do have nuclear weapons. And, and we live in a very volatile world. But I can sleep tonight because I believe God has a program and a plan. And I believe that's gonna come about just like the Bible tells it. Uh, you know, I heard a preacher years ago, and he said communism is going to take over the world. Well, I didn't believe it then, don't believe it now. You say, why didn't you believe it? Because of what the Bible teaches. The book of Daniel, the book of Revelation, 
There you have the, the Babylonian Empire, the Media Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, and the Roman Empire that'll be revived uh, under Antichrist, and Christ puts down that kingdom. That's all there is. That's all there's going to be. You don't have any other kingdoms, and, and uh, you study your Bible, and you'll find that out. Well, I, I believe the next event is the rapture of the church. I believe we could go any minute, and any minute will suit me. <laughs> You know, this old house I'm dragging around is, is afflicted and, and uh, you know, well, there's something wrong with all of us. And if they're written, just wait a while. <laughs> you know, it'll get you. Uh, but I believe the Lord's coming. That's my hope. Going to get a glorified body. We're going to face the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of our works and see what kind of reward or if we get any reward at all. See what that'll be like. And then while we're there and all that's going on, there's going to be seven years of tribulation. Seven years left to be fulfilled according to Daniel chapter 9. And the, the last three and a half years called the great tribulation. And that day, that, that must come. That must be fulfilled. And you read, you read some of those things in Revelation the Lord says is coming. And you pick up your newspaper and you say, my, it's about here. These things, the stage has been set. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we see what's happening in Europe. There's going to be a ten-nation empire rise in Europe there under Antichrist. And, uh, and uh, all these things happening. You think of, you think they talk about the weapons as we go into this war now. It looks like it. Uh, the weapons are more sophisticated. They can pinpoint a place to attack and, and hit that place precisely with the satellites and all. Uh, and of course, we the terrorist situation. Uh, now they're, they're, uh, it won't be long till they'll be pushing this thing that's been going on for some time, uh, and used it in pets. Is the implant of the uh, of the uh, chip? You know, I, I used to read that, and of course, you you look at it in light of current knowledge, and uh, you know the people used to say, well, that's the barcode, going to put a barcode on your hand. Or your forehead. But if you'll read it in the Bible, it does not say they receive a mark on the right hand or on their forehead. It said they receive a mark in, in their, in their right hand or in their forehead. It's, it's no doubt it's going to be put in there. And now they say they can put a chip in there and, and they can keep track of you. And of course, it sounds like a good thing, you know. These terrorists come in their country, they can find out exactly where they're at at any given time. And the Bible says nobody can buy or sell without it. The technology is here. We read about all that, and it just tells us that, that the Lord is soon to come. But the tribulation period will end with the battle of Armageddon, will consummate. And I used to think that battle was all the nations of the world beating up on one another. But if you read Revelation 19, 20 there, and, Revel and Psalm 2, it's the nations of the world gathered together to make war against Christ against him that sits on the horse and against his army, this invasion from outer space. And uh, then you have, of course, the binding of Satan during that thousand-year millennium. Can you, can you imagine what that's going to be like? A thousand years. And, uh, and the earth is going to produce in such a wonderful, marvelous way. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, what you're doing now is going to affect what you'll be doing then as far as rewards go. So the thousand years with Jesus on the throne. Of course, that'll be followed by the white throne judgment where the un unbelievers are, have to stand before God and give an account. 
and then this earth and heavens will be destroyed, be burned up according to 2 Peter chapter 3. And uh, then we go into the new Jerusalem, into the eternal age, uh, and all this. Of course, we could go on and on talking about that the rest of the night and still not get it all told. But God has a program is what I'm saying. God has a plan that's outlined in the Bible. And that's going to come about whether anybody believes it or not. It's going to happen. I'm glad I believe it. <laughs> Mac Hodge used to say, he was preaching I saved under, he, he used to say, some people say they don't believe it. He said, God sent me to preach to unbelievers. So, uh, but uh, it does not change the plan of God or the program of God. He has a plan and a program for this world. And it's about time for him to come and take over and set things in order. Then it does not change finally the promises of God. You know, the Bible is full of wonderful promises. And I remember hearing a preacher years ago and he said, uh, he said, find you a promise in the Bible and claim it and hang on to it. God's given such wonderful promises. Now don't take it out of context and you know, try to take what God gave to the Jewish nation uh, as, as some false cults have done. They say that, uh, that God's through with the Jew, God's through with Israel, and He's not going to do anything for them and all that sort of thing. But God's not through with Israel. And you'll find that as you study the New Testament as well as the Old. Second Peter 1, 4, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Hebrews 10, 23, He is faithful that promise. Aren't you glad of that? You know, I might, I might make a promise to you and I may not be able to keep it. Uh, if, I, if I intentionally don't keep it, then I've lied. I've done wrong. But I may say, well, I'll be here Wednesday night, but if I'm dead, I won't be here. But God is faithful that promise. He's faithful. When he, when, he, when he says something, you can count on it. You can depend on it. In fact, I've, I've, uh, I've cast it all on, on the, the fact of his, his truthfulness and what he promised to do. I may die tonight. If I do, I'm going to die believing that God will keep his word and, and that this Bible is true and we can depend on it. He is faithful that promised. Romans 4.21, what he had promised, he was able to perform. Not only is he faithful in keeping his word, but he's able to keep his word. And that's the wonderful thing. Uh, sometimes we're not able to do it, but God's able. It doesn't change the promises of God. Uh, man's unbelief. And so as we face these closing hours, you'll find more unbelief than, than, than you've ever, ever seen. But it doesn't change. Just, you know, I'm just going to stay with the book. Just stay with God. Stay with this Bible. And uh, we don't have long left. And, uh, you know, I tell people, I say, don't quit. You know, if you're if you going to quit, you ought to quit a long time ago. Don't quit now. You know, we're about there. Uh, you know, the, the finish line is, is, uh, is just ahead. And God help us to, to stay in the battle and keep looking for Jesus to come. Okay, let's bow our heads, please.